Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Well, with the new year, maybe you're hitting the gym again, or you're listening to us for the first time to get a new morning news routine going. If so, welcome. For those newly elected lawmakers around the Bay, the new year means they are officially stepping into their new roles in city government. And that includes the new mayor of San Jose, who got to work real fast in preparation for today's rainstorm. It's been exciting. I I started officially yesterday and spent my first day in office visiting many of our first responders and thanking them for working on a holiday and, and for the work they do in our community. Mayor-elect Matt Mahan came out on top after a surprise win in San Jose's race for mayor. Today, what we can expect from Matt Mahan as mayor of the Bay's largest city. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. Guy, you spent a lot of last year covering San Jose's mayoral race. Was Matt Mahan's win a surprise to you? I think if you zoom out, it was. Guy Marzarati is a producer and reporter for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. When the campaign started, he was a relative newcomer to city politics. Mahan had just been on the city council for a year at that point. And going into the mayoral campaign, he knew he was going to be outspent. And he was going against Cindy Chavez, someone who had been in local politics for decades. He was not someone who was favored in the race. But by the end of the campaign, it probably wasn't a surprise uh, that he came out on top. Not only was internal polling from both campaigns showing a really close race, 
But Mahan really succeeded in making the campaign about the issues that he wanted to focus on, namely change. By the end of the campaign, both candidates were talking to voters about why they were the best suited to bring change to City Hall. And I think that clearly advantaged Mahan, someone who was relatively new to city politics. It sounds like Mahan was sort of this candidate who promised to shake things up in San Jose. And I know you actually met up with him earlier this week in his brand new office. Can you tell me what that was like? What was the mood like for him? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Happy New Year. Yeah, it was really an office in transition. It was City Hall was completely empty outside of some staff. We sat down in a conference room at the side of the mayor's office because the actual office was still being rearranged. There was a fresh coat of paint on the walls. The only thing actually on his desk was this giant gavel from former Mayor Janet Gray Hayes, kind of a commemorative item. It was clear that, you know, his office was just kind of getting up to speed and, and getting going. It's been exciting. I I started officially yesterday and spent my first day in office visiting many of our first responders and thanking them for working on a holiday. So Mahan definitely sounded excited uh, about taking office, about the job. Right away, he's being hit with this massive storm uh, that's coming into the region, which in San Jose means a lot of preparation to make sure that the unhoused residents who live along city waterways like Guadalupe River are able to to get away and, and Clearly, there's a lot of anxiety in the community ever since the 2017 floods, which forced thousands and thousands of people to have to evacuate near Coyote Creek. So mm. preparations are already underway. That was clearly on Mahan's mind as we sat down. We've, we've got to move quickly. In fact, my team and I are putting together transition committees that will include council members and community stakeholders to help inform the budget message that I need to put out in March. So we're, we're getting to work. And it just shows like big city mayor, there's not a lot of, you know, easing into it or or grace period that comes with that job. Can you remind us, Guy, like how long is Mahan going to be in this particular seat? And what are some of the big things that could change in San Jose under his term? Yeah, it's a really quick turnaround and a short uh, first term. Mahan's first term is only going to be two years. So he's going to be back on the ballot in 2024. The flip side of that is he has the opportunity to have this two-year term and then have two additional four-year terms if he continues to be successful at the ballot box. So he could be around in San Jose City Hall for a long time and oversee some some of the big changes you alluded to, like, you know, BART coming into downtown, like this massive uh, Google development downtown west bringing office space and residences. So there could be a lot of big changes, but he's going to have to go back before voters pretty quickly and has a really short runway to actually prove that, you know, things are changing as he promised. Let's get into what we know about how he plans to tackle some of San Jose's biggest issues, starting with policing. Crime and policing were big topics in races around the Bay Area, but especially in San Jose. Can you remind us how Mahan campaigned on this issue? Yeah, he put police staffing increasing uh, the rank and file of the San Jose Police Department as his top priority as a candidate. And it was actually the top priority for both candidates that, you know, despite a lot of conflicting 
information on actual crime trends. For example, things like property crimes in San Jose have been trending down for a decade. The issue of police staffing was a big one in the mayor's race. Generally, you know, San Jose is a lower staff city workforce than most big cities. That includes the police department. And was there in some way like a sense that he was also like appealing to, I mean, like a real sense among people in San Jose and the Bay Area more broadly who do have concerns about crime in their community? Absolutely. And I think, you know, in San Jose, that's manifested itself both in a a short-term increase in violent crimes that we've seen here, but also, you know, response times and residents feeling like the issues with police staffing have resulted in a a situation in which they might not get a a quick response in an emergency. That was a a theme I heard over and over again from voters, this fear like if they called 911, they might not, you know, get a quick response. And so I think that's what Mahan was speaking to when he was talking about the need to bolster uh, police staffing within the city. I think what we'll have to look for immediately from Mahan is through the budget process, which is one area in which San Jose's mayor does have a lot of power. You know, how many more police is he envisioning and what's his long term direction he wants to see with the office? And what about the issue of police accountability guy? Because I know this is something also on the minds of many voters in the South Bay especially after the murder of George Floyd in 2020, but also all the problems surrounding the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office and the lack of accountability there. To be honest, there was really little discussion of police accountability. When I would follow the candidates around the city as they spoke to voters, I honestly can't remember a single conversation about how they would, you know, more justly hold officers accountable for wrongdoing or even more broadly rethinking the structure of public safety. Voters approved a police oversight measure in 2020, and there's actually a a police reform proposal that went before the city council in December and will continue to go before the council in the next year. And so I think this, you know, lack of conversation around the accountability piece, it was really disappointing to a lot of activists who have rallied in San Jose for greater change. The police shouldn't be the ones dictating what the disciplinary action should be on the involved police officers. I talked to Raj Jayadev. He's with Silicon Valley Debug. Um, And I talked to him about this plan that the council preliminarily moved forward with in December. It will come back in the spring. It would move investigations of officer misconduct out of the San Jose Police Department and to this independent police auditor. Now, Raj Jayadev says that's not even far enough. The, The major issue is that regardless of who is doing the investigation, disciplinary powers still rest in the police chief's hands. Even if the independent auditor were to find misconduct, at the end of the day, it's going to be the chief and police leadership that would actually have to carry out any punishment. He calls that really the fatal flaw with this plan. So it does sound like it is possible that Mahan could be forced to address eventually the issue of police accountability in the coming months. So Mahan wants to go ahead with this plan to give the independent police auditor more powers. You know, I am supportive of that, but I want to make sure that we follow the process. This will be coming back to our public safety committee in April. I want to make sure we are hearing from the department as well and that we have a robust conversation between council members, the independent police auditor, those in the department to talk about what the best process is. But when it comes to the consequences for officers who, you know, have been found to have done wrong, Mahan said, you know, that may be too far. 
I have total confidence in, in Chief Mata. He has been very strong in, in his uh, conviction that if officers break the law or go outside of the, the code of conduct, that there will be significant discipline. And so I think there are some mechanisms in place for accountability there. Let's move on, Guy, to some of the other big issues facing San Jose right now, which, of course, uh, two of the biggest ones, homelessness and housing. Let's start with homelessness. How might we expect Mahan to tackle this issue as mayor? So Matt Mahan's homeless strategy is really centered on the idea of emergency interim housing. They're like the little tiny homes, but they have, you know, a little more personal space, oftentimes a private bathroom. He's made that his top priority in the campaign, as opposed to what a lot of city leaders have pushed for for years, which is the development of permanent supportive housing. He says it takes too long. He says it's too expensive. And we need to focus on these emergency uh, interim sites. I've been very critical of the approach that says that we need to build brand new rent-restricted apartments at a cost of almost $1 million per door, I think that we should be charting the fastest, most cost-effective course to getting people indoors, whether that's through shelters, interim housing, inpatient treatment programs. I think the emphasis needs to be on getting people indoors. And then the other piece of this, I think, is spreading out those sites. If you look at a map right now of shelters and transitional beds in San Jose, There are huge swaths of the city, West San Jose, Cambrian area, where there's just simply no emergency housing. I asked Mahan about that, and he said, you know, he really wants to find sites in some of the council districts that currently have no emergency housing um, and find places there for the unhoused residents in those areas to find some shelter. I mean, I do imagine there probably is a reason why some of this emergency housing doesn't exist in those outlying neighborhoods in San Jose. What challenges could Mayhan face in actually accomplishing his goals around homelessness? Yeah, I mean, the challenge that I see when I'm watching all of these emergency housing proposals go before the council again and again is pushback from residents. And you hear the same thing at these council meetings. I'm all for supporting solutions to reduce homelessness in San Jose. It's just too close to my kid's school. It's just too close to the local park I go to. In some cases, people have said, oh, it's too close to a hospital or certain other kind of buildings. We even saw last year, you know, Mahan, who has championed this idea, he voted against, as a city council member, one of these emergency sites um, because he said the one in his district had been put forward without enough outreach to the community. So you see the issue that individual council members face when, you know, a, a loud uh, group of residents in their district say, you know, we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to vote against you if you go ahead with this specific site. So I think as much as Mahan talks about the issue being cost when it comes to to housing the unhoused in San Jose and the fact that, you know, maybe city leaders have focused too long on permanent housing. What I really see is this issue of overcoming kind of local NIMBY opposition. And that's going to be a huge challenge for Mahan as he works to kind of spread out and and increase the supply of emergency housing in San Jose. I know that Mahan was backed by a lot of big developers in San Jose. So what do we know about how he might address the housing crisis? 
Well, two things Mahan talked a lot about on the campaign trail were halting this trend of, you know, adding fees on developers. He says, you know, San Jose has made it unattractive for developers to build here. The big challenge that will face Mahan and, and the new council is the city has kept up largely with its goals of market rate housing. But like many other places in the Bay Area, it's at the challenge of building affordable units. Is he going to push equity? I talked to Alex Shore. He's the executive director of Catalyze Silicon Valley. They, you know, work on a lot of these projects, housing projects, developments that come before the city council uh, in an advocacy role and, in, you know, kind of informing the community about projects coming forward. And he says really the big question is going to be, will Mahan be able to leverage his relationship with developers? Is he going to use his influence to talk to developers and ask them to do more? It's like you're playing blackjack with developers and they never show their hand. And when you're the mayor of a city, you need to ask for someone to be transparent and open about what they can and cannot do as a development. Many top developers in San Jose supported Mayhan's run for mayor. Can Mayhan now use those relationships to maybe push developers to include more affordable housing? I know uh, Mayhan is sort of taking the helm as mayor, but he's also operating within a city hall where there are other council members and he's going to have to work with them. Uh, what is it going to take for Matt Mahan to get all of this stuff done? The short answer, Erica, is six votes, right? San Jose is a weak mayor system. So it means that while Mahan does initiate the budget process, he oversees city communications, he doesn't sign or veto legislation. He's just one vote on those ordinances. Mm. And so it's a real challenge for him coming into a city council where, look, the last city council, they were pretty much all aligned against his campaign for mayor. Mahan's going to need to come in and kind of develop a relationship, develop kind of a working majority to get a lot of these things done. The big open question here is there are two vacancies on the city council. There was this really contentious debate in December about whether to fill these with special elections or whether to fill them with appointments. And Mahan pushed really hard for special elections. It was seen as like that could be a way for him to add to kind of more allies on the city council. But he lost that debate. And that was a big political setback. Instead, the council is going to go ahead with appointments. And those appointments might not end up being folks who are aligned with Mahan. He's going to put forward his recommendations. But we'll have to see what direction the majority on the council takes, because the majority right now is not totally aligned with Mahan. It sounds like there's a lot to be watching uh, in his first year as mayor. But Guy, what are some of the biggest things you're going to be looking out for with Matt Mahan's first term as mayor of San Jose? I think for me, I'll be watching to what extent Mahan kind of stays in campaign mode, right? He's almost been in nonstop campaign mode since he came on the city council. It's been a really quick rise to where he is in the mayor's office. And he might have to kind of stay in that mode of organizing, of, you know, keeping in touch with residents, getting them out when key votes come before the council, because this is such a quick turnaround, because just next March, he'll be back on the ballot. Now, the drawback to that, some might say, is like, you never leave the campaign, you never kind of put 
those kind of political fights behind you, you might end up in a situation where you're not forging more lasting majorities or working relationships on the council. So I'll be watching that to basically to what extent Mahan really stays kind of locked into this uh, campaign mode of, of organizing residents. It was one of the big advantages for him in the campaign. I think to what extent does he stay in that mode over the next 14 months? Well, Guy, it's going to be an interesting new year in San Jose. Uh, Thank you so much for breaking this down. Appreciate it. Thanks so much and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was Guy Marzarati, a producer and reporter for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. This 25-minute conversation with Guy was cut down and edited by Aditi Bandlamudi, who's filling in for us these next two weeks. It was scored by producer Maria Eskinka, who added all the tape. I hope you all had a happy new year and a cozy holiday. If you're new with us, welcome. The Bay is a show made up of a small team of folks who really care about local news And if we're new to your new year routine, or if you've committed to staying in the know about what's happening around the Bay, you are in the right place. Thank you for being here. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. We'll catch you right back here on Friday. Peace. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.